0: Welcome to episode 131 of the Daniel Yours podcast with today's guest, Nate Norman. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Pleasure to be joined here today by Mr. Nate Norman. Nate, thanks for being here, my man. Appreciate you.
1: Daniel, thank you so much, man. It's always good to connect with guys online that are spreading the vision, sharing the love and sending content out into the world that could help people.
0: There you go. We were just talking about you know some of the differences in the Twitter community and the Instagram community and like there's a lot of negative maybe backlash against social media, just in general, people say, oh, it's bad for you. It's negative. But if you cultivate the right community, it can be overwhelmingly, extremely positive, right?
1: Dude, 100%, man. You know, when I first got on there, the big thing was to to cleanse my timeline, you know, to stop, stop consuming the news, stop consuming fear, stop consuming just stuff that didn't benefit my life. So I just went and unfollowed a ton of people and started following people that would really benefit my life, benefit my timeline. And now, dude, it's like a positivity dopamine hit when I log on. I see good stuff. I see value. I see people contributing to the world. And I'm like, this is good, right? It could be what you make it, man. And you are what you consume, right? You are what you eat. So careful what you consume, right?
0: Yeah, it's, it's really easy to blame the algorithms for negativity and all this stuff. But the algorithm is just a reflection of what you are telling it. Like, It's only as smart as you make it. So if you're constantly interacting with... Uh, you know, negative news and, uh, you know, nudity and stupidity and just silliness, then like, of course, you're just going to, it's going to keep feeding you that because it, you are directly telling it that that's what you want to see versus, you know, positive messaging, you know, n- nutrition tips and workout and whatever positive stuff that you're into. Right. So it's, uh, you know, people got to look in the mirror a little bit more than just blaming, the, <laughs> blaming the algorithm. I think
1: it, it's not all, all the algorithm. You definitely, you curated that for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Nate, can you go ahead and just introduce yourself, let people know who you are and what it is that you do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Nate. I'm 38 years old. I live in South Carolina and it's a balmy 98 degrees here today. And uh, I work outside still, which I love. It keeps me keeps me sharp. I'm a men's coach and I I love seeing men put the cogs together, man, and their life click in. And them just to begin to burn and become on fire. I love seeing that. fires me up. God's given me a real vision and purpose for that. I've got three wonderful kids, man. I've got an 8-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 12-year-old. Been married for 15 years. And I feel like I'm on this earth to to help men grow, to help people see their purpose, and to accomplish what God's got them here to do as well.
0: Amazing. It's so much... I love that this is becoming more of a thing where people are men's coaches and coaching uh, masculinity. And that's a, you know, it's a broad term and there's people who will talk about toxic masculinity and that's almost like the absence of it. Uh, Whereas like we need more positive reinforcement. There are many people who were without fathers who were without positive male role models in their life and that can lead to some, some negative consequences down the line, which is you know, an entire giant social issue that we probably don't need to go down that rabbit hole too far. Um, but but this movement is is really nice to see because I, I can only imagine how much it's helping people. Like I've been blessed to have, you know, a, an amazing father and very strong male figures in my life all, all the time, coaches and teachers and, and other family members and whatnot. Um, but I can only imagine the things that I wouldn't know if I didn't have those people. And so, you know, people like yourself who are stepping into that role for the public is is extremely important.
1: Amen, dude. I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And I feel like the world is cranking out passivity in in droves. And the men that we see today, there's a general uh, dismal look in their eyes, right? There's just this void life, passionless, purposeless gray man that we see floating around our worlds today. So my, my purpose is here to, to, to correct that, right. To, to, to combat that head on and just say, we're not going to be that. We're not going to just lay down and die. We're not going to just be this passive purposeless driftless male version of a man that doesn't really know if he's a boy or a man. He's just kind of this in-between state, right? He's just a boy who shaves. Basically. He's just this (laughs) in-between. He's not fully man, but he's not fully boy either. So reaching back to the ancient principles, not to sound like liver King, right? But the ancient principles that, that a hundred years ago, men were tough, man. They were just, they were resilient, man. They were strong and they just had to be for the world that they lived in. But now men are not so. So I I refuse to let them slip. I refuse to let them drift away.
0: Yeah, no. So I thank you for, for, for your work. And I think just to you know, let, let just put it out there for people. This is not to say that, you know, femininity is not equally as important. It's just like, we're both men. And so for us to be coaching femininity is like, it would be kind of silly. Like neither of us have that in us. So it's, you know, whatever, but like, there should be an equal push on the, on the other side of this whole spectrum as well. Spectrum is a weird word to say in that sentence, but you know, fine. I said it, it's it's in the ether, (laughs) but, um, but, but equally important, but, but we'll talk about, uh, male stuff, uh, today. Why did you, Start this. You you know you're saying that you know this was kind of your calling. When did you start to feel this? When did you start to realize this and start to really embody this as your calling?
1: So this has been Daniel the better part of a decade and just just the growth and evolution of what I feel like a man ought to be. There was a good chunk of my life and a portion of my life where I wasn't moving and I wasn't growing and I wasn't. I had no purpose and this is this is where I instituted the gray man. Uh, it's kind of like the guys that return from Vietnam. They've got this thousand yard stare in their eyes. They're there, but they're not there, right? They're present, but they're not present. And I'm, I, I was a young man, had started having kids and I'm looking around my life and I'm like, I feel like that man. Like I've got the thousand yard stare in my eyes. Like I just don't, like I'm doing all the things, but I'm, I'm clicking through and I'm just rushing through. And I was like, Lord, I need something. I begin to pray. I said, God, I need to be a different man. And The problem, Daniel, was that I looked for these men, you know, looking at Goggins. I'm looking at Jocko. I'm looking at Cam Hanks, I'm looking at these men and I'm like, where are they at? Where are these men at? And I was convicted by the fact that I can't look for these men. I have to be this man. And I'm not saying I'm supposed to copy their path, but I can also not wait for a a white knight to come riding in and show me the ways of manhood. I need to discover what it means to be a man on my own and to learn what it means to be a man for myself. So I began developing what I feel like are the, the counterpoints to becoming the gray man and, and calling a man out of purposeless existence and putting passion and fire back in his life, meaning and drive back in his marriage, intentionality back into his fitness and his vision. And there ought not to be things that a man touches that go cold. And if it goes cold, it's no one else's fault but yours, right? Mm-hmm. If there are things that you were meant to make burn and they grow cold, it's because you neglected to put wood on the fire. I absolutely love that. What was step one for you? Step one, dude. So I'm the type of person, Daniel, when I look at my situation or I look at my problem, I get a little bit overwhelmed, right? I'm like, oh my goodness, I've got a thousand things to do. I've got to, I got to start so much. I got to, I got to quit so much to become this version of this man and it can become daunting. And if there's anybody listening that can relate to that, let me just give you a little piece of advice. You don't have to move the entire mountain today, okay? You can pick up one singular stone and move that stone and then move that same stone tomorrow. Move that same stone a thousand times and you've got progress behind you, right? And then once you've moved a thousand stones, you pick up two stones, you pick up three stones, and stone by stone, step by step, yes by yes, in the same direction, you move the mountain, brother. You will move that mountain piece by piece. Bite it off, small chunks, right? And don't get so overwhelmed with looking at all you have to master as a man. Pick up what you can control and go forward in that direction a thousand times. No matter what the world says, no matter what your friends are doing, you pick up that stone and you be consistent picking up that stone and you will move it. Trust me.
0: It's it's difficult to sometimes actually feel that or, or do that when you're in the position, especially when you don't have the the... The male models in your actual life, when you are <clears throat> relying on on these you know figures on the internet or where, wherever you know you mentioned Goggins, campaigns Haynes, Jocko, these guys who are like they are amazing people, but they're not people in your in your physical life. So when you start to hear them and when they have you know hit the spotlight and and became uh, you know public figures and whatnot, they are at their very polished version of themselves. And so you see them and it's like, okay, they're, you know, doing work crazy workouts. Their family life is good. Their businesses are good. They're they're helping up in their community. They're doing all the things. And it's like, well, I gotta be that. And it's like, well, we didn't see when they started. Like no one knew who David Goggins was when he was a nobody. Nobody knew who Jocko was when he was just like, you know, getting into the army. And like no one knew who they were. And so we didn't see all the steps. You just see the finished product. And that can be some of the trouble with having mentors who are not actually in your life and who are just these you know public figures and we kind of put them on a pedestal a little bit which is which is great but also got to be careful with trying to be exactly what they are you got to think about well what were the steps that they took to get to where to get to where they were and this is so true in just fitness alone and and men women everyone it's like you see your you know your favorite influencer a model an athlete it's like well they've been putting in work for 10 15 20 years that's why they look like that that little workout that they just showed on instagram that's not it. That's not what got them there. It's the 10 years of stuff prior to that that got them there. So trying to break down like this grand vision into like single steps like what can I do today that's going to push me forward? That's the that's the really powerful way to think of it, but also a difficult way to think about it, right?
1: That's so true. And you know we see this on social media all the time, the comparison, right? And I think it started out comparing like oh, so and so's on vacation. Oh, look, they got a new car. Oh, mm-hmm. they're getting married. And that was the first edge of comparison that we saw on social media. But now that you have the rise of the podcast, you have the rise of the influencer, you have the rise of the coaches on these platforms. It's not even necessarily a comparison of like what they have, but like where they're at, like what you just said, you're seeing these people who are at the top of their craft who have mastered their craft. And you're saying, why can't I, how did they get there? I don't even know where to begin. And the comparison almost becomes a deficit for you to overcome. And you see somebody working so hard and so intent that you're like, I, I could never do that. So it's not even necessarily comparing themselves to what they don't have. It's like, how do I get where they are? They're so far ahead. You're seeing the best version. I love what you said there. That's very true. And we have to keep in mind that people don't post a crap on social media, right? They post a the polished version, like you said, and, and that's a hard thing for us to overcome. Man, this is their master craft. They've worked at this for 10 years. And if you compare and compete, you'll live in defeat. Right. If I'm constantly basing my race off another man's pace, I'm never going to watch my own feet. And I need mm. to run my own race in my lane, no matter the pace, no matter what, no what what these guys are doing next to me. Right. If I got Usain Bolt in the lane next to me, I'm going to look like a slow runner. Right. But I can't base my race. I'm not meant to run his race. I'm meant to run my race at my pace at for my destination.
0: So when you think about masculinity and coaching masculinity, do you think about you know, pillars or, or type of like, you know, buckets of things that need to be taken care of. And of of course, there's going to be a lot of crossover between the two, between all of them. But what are the sort of like buckets and things that you, there are areas that you think about?
1: Yeah. So Daniel, there, for me, there's, there's eight pillars that encapsulate masculinity and from the eight pillars flow disciplines. So for example, if I believe that honor is a discipline or a pillar that a man ought to have, there's certain actions that would flow with being a man of honor. So a man of honor, in my opinion, wouldn't look at pornography, right? Because I'm a, I want to be a man of honor and I have this pillar of honor, I'm not going to look at things that trash my mind or ruin my marriage or distort my view of women or promote whatever agenda they're promoting with pornography. So each pillar is tied to a discipline for me. So there's 12 disciplines that I run on a daily basis, and there's eight pillars that stem from the, the, the what a man should be and masculinity and its origin. In my opinion, now now what you said at the crossover is so true because there's I feel like there's thousands of, of elements and tenets that could go into what a man actually is. So for me, these are my eight pillars or I have eight pillars that I run. In, in the groups that I run, SRX 90, it's a challenge group. We run 12 disciplines for 90 days. What I do at the end of SRX 90 is I tell these men, say, these are the 12 disciplines that make Nate the best version of himself. Now what I want you to do is to write disciplines for yourself. When I do eggs, I am my best. When I avoid alcohol, I am my best. When I work out, I feel good. When I eat clean, I feel good. So write your disciplines based on who you are and the life that you've chosen to live and then live your disciplines. Because you can't live mine, you're going to burn out, right? I can't live Jocko's. I can't live Cam Haynes' disciplines. I need to have my disciplines that work for me in the season that I am and run that to the best of my ability.
0: Right. And and put it in the context of your own life because everyone's life is a little bit different. And so the thing that exactly works for you is not what's going to work for someone else, but the principle is getting at the same. So if you're working on being an honorable man, you might approach that in different ways, but the end goal is the same, the same way, you know, someone might like lifting dumbbells and someone likes lifting kettlebells. It's like, it doesn't really matter. It's what works for you based on your life situation and what you enjoy. But the thing is, you're, you know, you're lifting weights, you're getting stronger, right? What are these eight pillars Then started with honor? Is there an order to them? Like what? Like let's go through them.
1: Yeah. So for number one, for me, is spirituality, I believe a man ought to have a spiritual beacon, a a compass, a a North star, a plumb line that he lives his life by. And so for me, Daniel, this, this one pillar uh, encapsulates all the other seven, right? Because if I don't have a bearing, uh, a calling, a mission, then I am just trying to be a good man on the face of the earth. So for me, spirituality, is the number one pillar. And from that flow, the others, the next one is physicality. I believe a man ought to be strong. He ought to be capable. He ought to be able to yeet his children, you know, four feet in the air and catch them. And there ought to be an element that he can push, pull and run, right? Jump, lift, basic, basic things that a man can do. Now, obviously there's men that have physical limitations that can't do those things. Does not, not make you a man if you're in, in a wheelchair or, or something like that. That's, that's totally understandable. But for the best of a man's ability, as far as it lies with him, he should be physically strong. Number three would be fortitude. I believe a man, he ought to have grit, right? He ought not to be afraid of things. And so when things pop off or when things go south, people look to the men, right? Mm -hmm. All the sheep run off a lion until the wolves come and they need a lion to be there. Then they look for those lions. And so a man ought to have this fortitude, man. He ought to be willing to do hard things, whether that be physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. He ought to be willing to just have fortitude and have grit and determination. Coupled with that man is, is balance. I feel like a, a man of honor, a man of integrity has balance. He's not overtly driven in certain areas and less driven in other areas. He's balanced across the board. This goes a lot into fatherhood and what I feel like it means to be a dad. Uh, a dad needs to be balanced, emotionally balanced, spiritually balanced, financially balanced, and there are things that come with that. You can't just be flying off the handle wanting to punch through sheetrock because you had a bad day at work you need balance emotionally and if you've ever met a man like this you know exactly what i'm talking about yep they look composed they we we call it stoicism now and i believe a man ought to be balanced and have that element of composure even when there's chaos he needs to be calm in chaos uh number five as we talked about is honor a man should be honorable and this is a. Uh, A good litmus test for this, and you can try this, or some of the listeners can try this, but be careful because the answers that you get might not uh, (laughs) satisfy you. But take a friend, a female friend who's not your wife, who knows you and knows your family and has maybe spent some time with you, and ask this female friend and say, do you feel safe in my presence? And women have this keen ability to sniff out intentions, right? Whether your intentions are honorable. And ask them to speak honestly with you. And, and an honorable man will make people feel safe in his presence. He's dangerous, but he's kind, right? Yeah. He is, he's capable of violence, but he's kind. And so a good way to test that is to ask and say, do you feel safe in my presence? But I do believe a man should have honorable intentions when he deals with people and be honorable with his finances, honorable with what he looks at on the internet, honorable with his alcohol consumption, You should live a a life in such a way that you shouldn't have to apologize for how you act in public. That's honor, right? Uh, After that would be friendship. Uh, Daniel, I believe that men are prone to dwell on the island of isolation. We have a propensity to just get by ourselves. We drive home from work. We close our garage doors. We go into our castle and we seal off the outside world. And we just lose those friendships over time that strengthen us. So a man ought to hold himself accountable with friendships. He ought to put people in his life that are above him in a season of life that he can learn from, that are beside him, that he can grow with and share life with, and and a relationship below him that he can mentor and teach. So these above, below, beside relationships are something men ought not to neglect. And the last two are vision. I believe a man should have a vision for where he's going. He should have a vision for his family, his spiritual life, his fitness, his career, He ought to be looking ahead and scouting the course for where he's going in life. Like it or love it, there's somebody following in your footsteps. And I say it like this, that there is somebody depending on you to win so that they can see how. There is somebody Mm. depending on you to clear a road so that they can walk unencumbered down that path. And so we ought to have a vision for our life. Lastly, Daniel, is stewardship. I believe a man should be able to steward things well. If he's in charge of a business, if he's in charge of finances, if he's in charge of family or spiritual development, he ought to be able to steward his life, his finances, and his circles well. And that all stems back to, again, the spiritual pillar, having that compass, having that beacon, and all those pillars flow from, from that.
0: That's an amazing a breakdown. I think it really... You know, as you're going through it, I'm kind of thinking of okay, where what are the, you know, just to play devil's advocate for 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 purpose of conversation, like where where are the holes in this? Like, what's what might be missing? But I can't, I came up with nothing. I don't think there's anything missing from that. And and there's so many ways to go about doing all of those things and becoming all of those uh, those things or embodying those pillars is probably a better phrase. Um, with the spirituality, is this one that you you know we'll kind of go through them in order. Is this one that you receive resistance to? Are people resistant to the concept of religion and spirituality because that can be tricky for some people who have grown up in a non-religious household or or an extremely re- religious household that doesn't uh, allow for too much freedom of thought? Is is there a lot of friction here? Yeah,
1: <laughs> Daniel, you want to you want to see me lose followers on social media? Watch me post about Jesus. That's what <laughs> happens, right? And, uh, here's my, here's my deal. Romans one 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel There's the power of God and salvation to all who believe. So I want to live my life in such a way that I'm unashamed of the gospel. And yes, there's going to be resistance. And what I believe the next pillar tied to this, right. Physicality and fortitude. You're going to have to have fortitude if you stand for something. So we're in a culture that is constantly standing for something, right? They're constantly trying to stand for an agenda, or a program, or a, par- a party, or a politician, they're standing for something. So if the world is able to stand for their agenda, why not am I able also to stand for what I believe in? So I'm not necessarily saying I want to picket and riot and bigot those parties. What I'm saying is I also too want to stand for what I believe in. And what I believe in is that Jesus Christ saved my soul and that I'm eternally grateful for the salvation that he's given me through the cross. And I know that message that can be hard for somebody, but it's changed my life. And it's it's caused me to be the man that I am today. And outside of that pillar, it's just Nate, man. And just, and just Nate is not the best dude, right? Just Nate by myself, left to my own devices. The second law of thermodynamics kicks in. Mm-hmm. Things left to themselves moves towards entropy to heed death, right? That's me outside of faith.
0: I feel like a lot of people think that they stand for something or they posture as though they stand for something, but they don't really. They almost stand for just themselves, and they will join a a team or a message or a thing to say that like, "Hey, look at me, this is in my best interest to associate myself with this, but then, when challenged or when that idea is no longer uh, self serving or popular or whatever, then all of a sudden they're they're off the team, and so this is where I think that you know the fortitude comes in so much to be like, well, if you believe in it, then actually believe in it and back it up and and you know, be the thing that you say that you are being. Don't just, hey, I'm on you know team purple because uh, you know purple is the color of the month and this is like what we're what we're doing. And I just want to be accepted by people for because if you actually believe in it, then like do that thing and believe in that thing wholeheartedly and accept challenges because I think that that's also part of it, right? If someone's gonna say, hey Nate, you know I, I don't I don't believe in Christianity. I think it's you know blah blah blah. It's like okay, that's they're allowed to do that, right? And and you should be able to explain to them why you believe in it. You don't necessarily have to convince them or convert them to your religion, whatever religion it might be, but to be able to actually defend what you believe in and stand up for it and explain why you believe in it without necessarily being angry or, or confrontational or trying to convert someone into something like that is much more difficult, but far more powerful. I think
1: that's, that's so good, man. You said it well. I think there's a lot of people that are riding the coattails of a, of a party, right? They're riding the coattails <laughs> yeah. of an agenda, just to we call it virtue signaling now, right? Yes. They're they're I'm a, I'm for something, I'm against something. Look at me, I'm advocating, I'm doing something, but when when questioned about some of those things, there's really no validity or depth to their belief sets. They've attached themselves on the coattails of a system, but they really don't understand what they're believing, right? So you'll see on my shirt right here, it says "Bow for no man, man." There ought to be things right, that you stab your flag in the ground and say, I'm willing to die on this hill. Mm. I'm willing to risk life and limb for this hill. And if you have none of those things, let me tell you this, that what we're seeing in the news and media today are not hills worth dying on, right? Those are not things you stab mm. your flag in the ground and say, I'm willing to lose my life for this. Because when the time comes and it actually might cost you that, who's willing to stab their flag down on some something that they just picked up to virtue signal? No one, Right. But if you have something that's so intrinsic and so ingrained in your core and in your soul that you're willing to say, I'll stab my flag in the ground and die on this hill, then it becomes a pillar. Then it becomes a value set. Then it becomes something that you steer your life on rather than just something you went and protested against once down on a street. If you do that, God bless you. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying
0: anyway. If you're going to do it, do it like you believe it. I think I think and even and even like a a, a microcosm of this. And I see this with many people and whatever job you're in, you know, your boss is is, is ragging on you for, you know, this, that and the other thing. And at some, you know, there's some when you're the employee, like you got to take some, you know, your boss is going to give you some shit and like you got to you got to take some of it. But you also need to know, like, where is the line? where is the point where i'm just going to say no and i'm going to quit this job and 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 i'm done right because to work your way up you've got to like eat shit a little bit and get get to the top and do you know put in the hours just like everybody else and it's just part of it. it it is what it is but there is a point where that relationship becomes abusive or too much or whatever and you have to know what that line is and so you can you know in the context of your job you're not going to die for your job but I hope, but <laughs> the, the, the same, the same principles applies. You've got to know where you actually stand, but this takes some kind of self introspection to be like, all right, what are my actual principles? What do I believe in? What do I think is, is right? What am I willing to tolerate and where am I not willing to tolerate? And I will fight back and I will, you know, risk whatever good things are coming from this, be it a job, be it friends, be it, you know, acceptance by a certain community or whatever to actually stand up for what you believe in. But it's really hard to, to figure that out and it's probably changing all the time as well
1: Uh, 100 percent, dan you said it great my mentor says it like this he says if you stand for nothing you'll fall for anything right and i just believe that wholeheartedly man that you've got to establish a core set of values that you say i can base my life on this core set of values not only can i base my life on it but i can let somebody else follow my exact life and lead them to a good place right if they followed me they if they Woke up with me and lived with me and ate with me and lived with me. These core set of principles would lead them down a road of success rather than a dead end road.
0: This concept of the you know the influencer and following what people are doing is as I you know embark further into this online world and and you know with the podcast and social media and whatnot. I realize more and more that it's not about the messaging. It's that people want to embody what you are. Like they might, you know, buy your workout program or whatever, but they do that because they want to be like you. Like some of the most successful, let's just say even fitness influencers, they don't, they're not the smartest exercise scientists in the world. And they're not, they they know what they're talking about, but they're not like the leading researchers and, you know, the smartest people around, but they live this life and show or portray this life that people want to live. And so the sale is really you know, buy my workout program, live my life. It's not buy my workout program because it's, you know, the most scientifically sound best kind of thing. And so, you know, that can be problematic, of course, but it can also be really good if done, if done appropriately. And so leading by example is kind of where I'm going with this is that you need to actually show what it is that you believe in and show that you're doing the things that you talk. But if you're saying like, Hey, you know, I've got a, you know, I, I, I I pray every morning and then I go for a walk and then I lift and then I have breakfast and I, you know, do all these things, but you don't actually do any of those things. Then the message is so inauthentic and you're not even doing it. So you can't even speak to the benefits and it just, the whole thing will fall apart. It might, it might last for a little bit, but it's really not going to go very far.
1: Dude, my first conundrum on social media was the authenticity, right? So posting as myself i'm seeing these guys on social media who are just killing it in the game they're doing well they're posting every day and i'm like man how do they how are they living this type of life and i realized right out of the gate that there was a way i could do that i would just have to lie i would just have <laughs> to post about lies that i don't do and and try to win the game right and i was just faced with this conundrum because i felt like i could spin the wheel i could spin the algorithm with lies that I perpetuate on social media, or I could just be who I say I am on and off platform and be the man that God's called me to be on both sections, real life and online and see how it rolls, right? And so that was my first conundrum and I decided that was was who I wanted to be. I don't want to be fake, right? I want to live the life with the blinds open, right? I want you to meet me in real life and feel just as much as pumped up as you did on social media when I said, hey, high five, congrats, you're doing great. I want to live a life of authenticity when my doors are shut, when I'm at work, when I'm at church, when I'm at the gym, I want to be the same man all the way across the board, true blue all the way through, right? Just, this is what you're going to get. And everybody says that, right? Everybody says they want (laughs) to be, I'm authentic. I'm the real (laughs) deal, you know? And I think that people are genuinely trying, but the idea of living this out, right? Dude, I don't just talk about disciplines on a podcast. I live them, right? I don't talk about pillars on a podcast. This is what I feel like I formed my life around. And, and, and I, I explain it to people like this, man, you wouldn't need, you wouldn't need, if you got into a car wreck to go back and, and, and write notes about this car wreck and, and write tweets about this car wreck and, and go back and, and look at the story. It would be a real life experience that happened to you that you would be able to talk about off the cuff, right? And any given moment you'd say, man, yeah, I got in a car wreck. I was going down this road. This car came, ran the red light, smashed me into a tree. I was okay. This person lived. It would be something so real that you just automatically are able to talk about it. And that's how I want these things to be for me. I want it to be so real and so authentic in my life that I can just give out of the abundance and overflow. And I'll tell you this, Danny, you can't give what you don't have, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're faking and bootlegged enough time goes by there will be exposure right there will be a there will be a time where you just don't have the answers you need to live it if you want to own it own absolutely. that man absolutely i think that
0: there's this weird concept of people who are you know they'll say like i'm trying to be authentic and it's like but by trying that already makes you not authentic. If you just stop trying, that would do, that would probably like do you a lot better. Cause then you'll actually just be how you are. Right. And then knowing what you actually know and being able to speak to stories and speak to experiences. Like, you know, if I do some, some Q and A's with some of my groups and stuff, and you know, some people, someone asked me after like, how, how long did you like prepare for this call? I'm like, I, zero but also like 10 years like you know which whichever way you want to look at it like i just i can say all these things because i just know them i didn't have to like google it and look it up and study before we got on the call to give this like little lecture it's just i just you know made some notes of like what i'm going to say and then that was it but uh you got to actually know what you're talking about and the only way to do that is is by is by living it this this brings me to another kind of uh, another pillar of balance and this is something that I think a lot of us struggle with, and it, it may be the, the one that we struggle the most with that's apparent to us, because I think that there's a large push to have periods of unbalanced life. And we can even call it like positively unbalanced, where it's like, all right, from you know whatever age is like, I'm just going to... Grind hard. I'm going to work. I'm going to build my business. I'm going to make my my money, and I'm going to kind of do the bare minimum uh, with my family and friends. And you know they're going to kind of be by the wayside, and maybe even my fitness is going to suffer. But I'm going to make a lot of money, and then once once I'm done that, once I've hit this goal, then I'm going to you know take my foot off the gas, and I'm going to focus on you know vacations and family and and whatnot. What are your thoughts on this sort of like positively unbalanced sort of setup? I think it's a it's a slippery slope, but. I'm not sure that being balanced all the way through will really get you to like at, at all times being equally balanced would get you to a, a height in any in any of these uh, dimensions.
1: That's a good question, Daniel. So you hear the hustle culture mindset on social media, man, you got to grind, you got to get out there and you got to go and you absolutely do, but you need to do it in such a way that you're not neglecting what, what also you've been entrusted to. So if God has given you a family, he's given you wife, he's given you children, he's given you a husband, he's, whatever who you are listening right now, whatever he's entrusted you to, a job, a career, a purpose, a mission, children, you're a teacher, you're a nurse. If he's entrusted you things, he did not give you those things by accident, right? You, you have those things for a reason. And so if you neglect one of them to raise another one, is that doing a good justice to what God has given you? So you look at it like spinning plates, man. Sometimes there's 15 spinning plates and you're like, how do I drop 14 plates that are spinning to spin this one faster? It might take you down a road that you enjoy. It might take you down a success path. But in my opinion, balance means those plates are all spinning at a good velocity, at a good range at the same time. And this is what I know to be true in my life. I can't answer this for other people. When I neglect certain pillars, When I just let them fall over, let's just take Bible reading. For example, if I neglect my spiritual pillar, Bible reading goes out the window because I want to work out, right? I'm going to get my muscles growing. And then at some point I'm going to come back to Bible reading when my time is better. Hmm. Here's the reality. My time is never better. I will always institute another excuse or another reason or another time filler in place of what I took away. So for me, I just have to balance those things. I I never succeed when I take one off the plate to balance another one. And if that means, this is a hard thing to say, but if that means that I'm not going to spend as much time hustling on my career as I am my spiritual development or my body development or my family, then so be it. And I have to be okay with the path I've chosen because rarely ever have I met a man near death or at retirement or at the end of his life who said, I should have spent more time at the office. I should have spent more time on my career. I regret not being on call more. I regret not taking that promotion and, and making more money. Rarely ever do people say that. What do they say, Daniel? They say, I wish I would have soaked it up more. I wish I would have spent more time with my children. I wish I would have lived, right? And, and I think they're saying live not in the context of money or finances or vacations. They're saying, I wish I would have enjoyed the life that i had instead of trying to seek a life that was not mine yeah so for me balance doesn't work when i neglect one to 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 pick up another balance works for me when all the plates are spinning and i'm managing each of those well
0: that makes a lot of sense to me and and i think that you know even to to go a little bit further is that it might not mean that all the plates you said this, but it might not mean that all the plates are spinning at, you know, the same speed or the same height or whatever, but you never drop any of them, right? You Sweet. might you might lower one for a period of time or it might slow down or, you know, whatever, but you know, making this, you know, all interconnectedness that we talked about before is that vision has to be done with your eyes open. If you're like, hey, I'm gonna take my foot off the gas in my business for a bit because I gotta deal, you know, family stuff, my, my body's taking a hit, you know, whatever, then then that's cool. But you're doing that with your eyes open. You're not letting it happen. And I think that's the difference. Cause then you can actually pick it back up when when the timing is right and when things are better, but you're never dropping it. You're never just, oh, I'm gonna quit my job and stop making money or I'm gonna, you know, totally neglect my family and just go into like work mode and just work twenty hours a day and not see anyone or not work out. Like when you're dropping plates, that's a problem. But you know, lowering plates or slowing them down, I think that that is probably, it's probably necessary. It probably wouldn't be possible to keep everything just like at the highest uh, point all the time I and mean, maybe at the end of your life. <laughs> but, but certainly not on the come up. I don't, I think that that's, it's probably pretty unlikely
1: to, to be able to actually do that. That's very true. And, and I don't think anybody listening or on social media would say, I intentionally wanted to break plates, right? Yeah, maybe they yeah, did in yeah. a, in a, in a spiral of self destruction, but. For the most part, I don't think people intentionally drop these plates. I think it's a slow fade. You get busy, you have kids, you have a career, you, you, you do normal life, you have a mortgage and a car payment and things like that. You have just things that get busy with sports teams and you just accidentally let things go. And then you wake up 10 years down the road and you say, what the heck happened, mm-hmm. right? How did I get in this condition? I don't have any energy. I don't have any purpose. I don't have any passion. I don't have any drive. My marriage sucks. Whatever the case may be, whatever situation they find themselves in. And it's like, I never meant to be here. No one says I I wanted to get to these places. Nobody wants to be in those situations. It's just those accidental compromises that lead us there over the course of a time.
0: What disciplines then do you employ daily or weekly or however frequently? Um, to maintain your vision and to, to keep this awareness of everything that's actually happening. So that if you do need to lower a plate or raise up a plate, you're doing it on purpose rather than letting it happen.
1: Yeah. So this is, this is tied to SRX 90 for me. This is tied to uh, our discipline program. So these 12 disciplines are something that I've thought over and that if a man would pick up these 12, I feel like he would do well. And of course he ought to write his own 12, but these are my 12. So I believe that I'm supposed to rise early every day. I'm supposed to wake up early. When I snooze that, that stinking alarm clock, I always regret it and I always mm-hmm. miss something, right? Yeah. Yep. So first discipline for me is I wake up early. Uh Next discipline ties to the spiritual pillar is I spend solitude with God in prayer and Bible reading. And I believe every day, like brushing my teeth, I should open up the scriptures and I should pray and I should communicate. Dude, if I, if I was, ma- I am married. But if I woke up every day and said nothing to my wife, we would not end well, right? I have to maintain the communication with my wife for a healthy relationship. Same with God. I want to maintain that relationship. So out of that flows gratitude. So dude, Daniel, I don't want to be a bummer on the face of the earth, just walking around just bummer, 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 right? The weather's hot, bummer, bummer, bummer. My car's broke, bummer, bummer, bummer. My air conditioner's broke. I got this at work. My kids, bummer, bummer, bummer. That person is cancer and I don't want to be around him. So for me, I practice uh, gratitude and positivity every day. I write in a gratitude journal, something I'm thankful for, something that's blessed me. And you see the rise of this on social media right now. Everybody's talking about positivity and gratitude. Fantastic. It's one of the best practices ever. Change the mindset, right? And that starts with me first thing in the morning saying, God, I'm thankful for a bed. Thank you that I have a house. Thank you that I have a job, a family, a wife, kids that love me. Thank you for a couch for me to sit on and just write in this little book. I'm a free man. Thank you for that. So that's one of the things I do every day. I believe uh, a man should exercise every day. So I do a 45-minute workout or more every single day. There's going to be some sort of movement that I do every single day. Now, there's, there's a, a balance here. This gets back into balance. Don't overexert yourself. Don't be stupid, right? Don't, but you ought to be able to move every day. Working out so, every
0: day doesn't mean balls to the wall, like max effort, you know, deadlifts every single day. It just means exercise every day. And sometimes that might be a walk with a weight pack or a walk without a weight pack. And, and sometimes it might be like a, you know, high intense workout, but it's a, it's exercise nonetheless.
1: That's well said, dude, the balance across the board, right? Yeah. Anything in excess can be bad. So yes, exercise 45 minutes minimum a day. And that's something that, that I'm going to hope to carry for the rest of my life. So I also do something, Daniel, every day as I take a cold shower or get into the ice every single day. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to the fortitude pillar. And every time I turn that handle to cold, and I live in the south and it's 100 degrees, so the cold showers actually feel really good. But when I go to get in that ice or when it's wintertime and I turn the handle to cold, my mind does the same thing. Oh, it's yeah. going to be cold. Oh, it's going to be terrible. Oh, you're not going to like this. But every time I do it, I get out of that water and I feel electric and I feel positive i feel motivated and i feel like i just did something like let's go right and so i have those things that i intentionally schedule a difficulty one time a day and that's cold exposure for me so the other thing that i do daily is i follow a meal plan i try to eat to the best of my ability clean natural you know god made foods and not fast food and not junk foods and ice creams and stuff like that now of course there is balance with this as well because if you if you live try to live this a hundred percent you'll just burn out so there is some variance, you know. Once a month, once here and there, I'll grab an ice cream or take a bite of my kids' ice cream, and and but live in balance and moderation with that. So something else that I try to do, Daniel, every day is encourage one person. I feel like God's mm. given me a gift to just be an uplifter, to be a fist bump, to be a a motivator. And so one time a day, whether that be my kids, my wife, my friends, my coworkers, I say, Hey, man, that was a good job. Hey, I like the way you did this. Hey, bro, you killed that lift, and just give away the gifts that i have right and give away the light that's in me and i'll take this back to the bible again um no one no one lights a light and puts it under a basket right we we take the basket off and let the light shine so if you have a gift and you have an ability man don't keep it to yourself dude give that away let that be a blessing to the world around you and that will that will benefit you more than you know so also uh, and i'm just going off of these 12 disciplines for SRX Mm-hmm. but uh no pornography I don't I don't look at pornography and I don't drink alcohol those are two of the disciplines you just abstain from those things and lastly it's a walking of 7k steps minimum a day so mm-hmm. these are the things that I run we're on day 55 of a 90 day challenge we start back up September 1st and uh it's been great dude I'm my best version of myself when I'm doing these 12 things
0: yeah it 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 really It's very clear that if you actually do all the things all the time, you will feel better. Like there's, I don't think anyone could hear that and be like, oh, that's like, that's not like some part of that is like not good for me. Like I don't, I don't think there'll be any contention at that. It might be difficult to do all of them all the time every day, but like, you know, slowly but surely you will build up the habit. And then once you start feeling how good it feels to do all those things on a daily basis, it will be like, well why would I not do this? Why would I, why would I not walk? Why would I not exercise? Why would I not get in the cold and feel good? And the cold is such an interesting one because like it is, it is like hard. And there's like this element of fear. Fear is almost a strong, too strong of a word, but like, you know, an element of fear every single time. And you've done it however many times and it's like, fuck, this is hard. This is going to be hard. I'm not, I don't really want to do this. Like maybe I can just skip today, but like, no, got to do it. And then once you do it, you're like, all right, happy that it was hard, but I'm happy that I did it and I feel better now. And and that will happen every day, but we don't have like hard things to do in our life. Like our life is for the most part, it's like pretty easy to, to get by in, in life now in, in, you know, North America anyways. Um, so, yeah, but you know, living these disciplines is difficult, but that is part of what makes it so good. And when you get away from it, you feel like a part of you is missing. You feel like ah, I'm just, you know, I'm missing something. There's something, something's a little off and I can't quite figure out what it is. Ah, I didn't go for a walk today. That's it. Right. But it really adds up and the, in the cascading effect over, over time, I'm sure is also, uh, very powerful with this for you as well.
1: 100% brother. Hey, dude, I say it like this, man, in the beginning, you're going to have a hard time making it every day. Yeah. That's the reality. In the beginning, you're just going to have a hard time making it every day. But with enough time and enough effort, you're going to have a hard time missing every day. Mm-hmm. You're going to find some sort of mental thing that kicks in, right? That says, oh, you missed something today. You didn't do so, and You're not going to feel right. And that's it. That's over time. That's what's going to kick in. And that's the cool thing that God's made in our brains. These neural pathway connectors, right? All of a sudden you do this difficult thing. You get this dopamine release and your brain's like, what's up? that was good, right? I like this. And you get this little brain cookie for doing and overcoming an obstacle. And so the next time you go to a- attempt a difficult thing, that neural pathway connector makes that connection and says, oh, you like this, you get a cookie for doing this. And it's a little bit easier each time you attempt something difficult to overcome it. Yeah. But if you never attempt, those pathways never connect and you never get the dopamine release from, from overcoming an obstacle.
0: Yeah. You'll always feel better after. And and you know that, uh, you know that you can do it once you've done it already. And every other time it will still be, the task will still be difficult. And that's the point, but you know that like, okay, I've done this before. I'm I'm safe. Like nothing's going to happen to me. Like, and I am going to feel good on the end of this. So I've just got, you keep that in the back of your mind. Like, all right, I can do this. I can get through this workout. I can get up early today because yeah, maybe I'll be a little bit tired, but like once I'm actually out of bed and get, you know, get moving, then I'm going to feel good. And I'll feel better that I got out of bed and maybe, maybe saw the sunrise or, you know, maybe, we had a few minutes of quiet before everyone else in the house got up, rather than oh I I feel bad about myself because I hit snooze and then you start the day on like a you start the day on a negative and then negative negativity just you know cascades and rolls on into the rest of the day it's like well I already hit snooze so maybe I'll just have Lucky Charms for breakfast and you know when you had that it's like ah well I you know man my, my stomach kind of hurts like ah, I'm kind of I'm probably just gonna skip the gym and then that just really like the negativity it rolls real fast so you've got to work even harder to keep it positive because like it's so easy to just live a a life full of all the comforts, and there's you know probably time for for all those things too in vacation and whatnot. But it doesn't feel that great. It's you think it feels great, but it doesn't actually feel that great once you once you let it get get a hold of you. And again, it's just not doing things with intention. I think that that is a, a huge theme of what we've talked about today. Is like you need to live your life intentionally. And if you do that, then even when you slip up, if you do it on purpose you're going to be able to better recover from that. And you're going to have more fun with those things. If you're just letting stuff happen to you, then it's not as fun. If you intentionally go and have that cheat meal and I'm going to crush a pizza and I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it because like, you know, I've been grinding hard for all this time. Like you're going to enjoy it. But if you just like, "Ah, I'm having a bad day, I'm going to have a pizza. You're just going to feel shit about it rather than actually enjoying the, that, that cheat or that, you know, reward, if you want to call it that.
1: That's fire, dude. You got to tweet that, man. That's good stuff right there, dude. And that's That's, that's exactly it, man. Is intentionality on every step, man. There ought not to be things that you're just accidentally doing, right? You don't accidentally overindulge. You choose to do that, right? You don't accidentally look at pornography, man. You choose to do those things. And so if you apply intentionality to your life across every realm that you are entrusted to, you're going to do well, man. And that's what success looks like, right? A thousand yeses in the same direction. This is the same direction. And when one of those yeses or nos deviates off course of the yes, you're like, what happened, right? You know exactly where you went off. You know exactly what you did. So when you get back on, and I like to say it like this, no matter how far down the road you are, my pastor says this, you're still that far away from the ditch. Even if you're 50 miles down the road, you're still that close to the ditch when you're Mm -hmm. riding. So you got to constantly align yourself, readjust and realign. You drive a vehicle for life, you're going to have to align it at some point in time. You're going to hit a pothole. You're going to do these things. Same with life. You got to just realign, man. And let those things, those disciplines, those practices be so normal that realignment is almost a reoccurring thing.
0: Yeah, that's, that's very well said. I like that analogy a lot that you're, you know, keep driving, you keep going the right path, but you're always not that far from falling off if you're not, if you're not real careful. As we start to kind of wrap up here, you mentioned you have three children. Do you have Boys, girls mix.
1: Yeah, I got two, two girls and a boy and boys in the middle. And uh, sometimes I come home and, you know, he'll be, he'll be hanging with the girls, doing what, what the girls do. And I'll, I'll grab him and run him outside and rub his face in the dirt and say, <laughs> you know, we're going to do something else. You know, I, j- I, I say that in hyperbole, but, you know, he's, yeah. he's caught in the middle and, and he's, he's forging his road as a young little man how do you try and instill
0: some of these disciplines and, and these pillars in your in your son and i'm sure to an extent in, in your daughters as well maybe in slightly different you know teaching methods and whatever as we coach different people differently obviously but but with your son specifically how do you try and instill some of this um in him
1: yeah daniel lessons are often caught rather than taught mm-hmm. and no matter how hard i try to teach my kids how to eat properly they end up eating like me so <laughs> And that's that's just reality, right? They watch me eat. They eat like me, whether how they hold their fork this way or properly or what they do with their table manners or their silverware, it's because I do it. So if I want my kids to do well on these disciplines, I need to model them well. And uh, my kids work out with us. So we'll go into the garage and we'll do family workouts. Right now we have a uh, like a little cheat sheet for my kids for the summer. And if they bike a mile, run a mile or swim, they get to check these boxes off and they get reward systems for, for doing exercise. Uh, we try to, we try to encourage even at a young age to like entrepreneurship and encourage them to come up with an idea to make money for themselves. So my youngest daughters, uh, they'll make bracelets and sell bracelets on family vacations. My son's got a a business in our neighborhood where we call it waste away. And he just, he, he goes and hands out a flyer and says, I'll pick up all the dog poop in your yard for 10 bucks or something. (laughs) And you could, you could do like a reoccurring subscription. He's got like six clients, man, that, you know, call him back every month and, you know, just teaching these elements of, of, of financial responsibility and planning for your future. So we're trying to model that well and do, there's a lot of trial and error in parenting. You know, there's a lot of like, I'm going to guinea pig this idea and figure this out. But I think the best way for us to do it is to live a life of intention, live a life of accountability with ourselves and not let her, not let our kids see us binging out, dude. Not letting our yeah. kids showing what our showing what moderation is to our kids, whether that be on Netflix or with food or with alcohol, showing them balance in life. That's the best way to, I feel like, lead a, a child.
0: That's just why you know the reason I wanted to ask you about this is because I think that this is perhaps the most important and maybe even a stronger motivator for embodying these pillars. And even if we just only talk about fitness and health, like if you're not motivated to get yourself in shape, like and you want to have children someday, like you don't want your children to not be in shape and not be healthy. So they're going to copy, and I don't have children of my own. I'm you know, several years away from that, but they don't, you don't want your children to copy what you're doing. And so if you don't want that, if you don't want your children to be the way you are, well, then you have to change the way that you are. Otherwise they will do that. And so if you're not going to do it for yourself, if that's not a strong enough motivator, you don't care about having abs, like whatever thing that you say, that's like, ah, it's not that I don't have time. If you don't have time, then your kids are not going to have time. And then you're going to have to deal with their insecurities and their health issues and their things that are because you didn't do it yourself and teach them the right way. And I think that that's a really strong motivator for a lot of people. And if it's not, if that's the first time you're hearing it, then, then, you know, it should be a very strong motivator for you.
1: Yeah, dude, th- we say it like this, there's there's a cost now to get healthy and show your kids a healthy path or there's a cost later, right? You're either going to yeah. pay for the medical bills or you're going to pay to be healthy now. There's there's a cost both ways. And you said it great, Daniel, that you just need to show them what it means. Dude, if you're worried that your kid is a couch potato, are you a couch potato? You know what I mean? Are you worried that your kid is watching too much TV? How much do you watch? Most parents in this day and age put a tablet, a phone or a TV in front mm-hmm. of their child and say, "Go occupy yourself." So that they too can be occupied with a phone, tablet, or TV. That's, That's the circle of evolution in the family unit today. Kids are being babysat by technology rather than human beings, and they wonder why their kids are struggling in certain areas of school, adaptation, physicality, and having development mentally.
0: Yeah, or you complain that no, my kid is uh, can't do anything without the iPad. We can't even go up to a restaurant without bringing that iPad. Otherwise, they start having a fit, and it's like, well, because that's what you've taught them. That's what you've taught them to do. Like I, I used to coach really uh, young kids in in soccer, and so I would see you know parents with, you know, the four or five year old uh, who's, who's playing, and then the you know the two year old in the stroller kind of on the side, and the two year old is just iPad or the, you know, the seven year old is just iPad on the, on the soccer field. And it's like, well, let them run around. We're outside in fresh air. Just go kick a ball on the side. Let them play. It doesn't do anything else. But I, I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around that. And then I would hear these parents also then complain like, oh, you know, little Billy is like, can't get off the iPad. If I had to drag him out of the house to come to soccer because he wouldn't get off the iPad. I'm like, well, but, because that's what you're telling them to do. So I, I couldn't wrap my head around that. And again, you know, I'm, I'm not a parent, so maybe I don't know and, you know, all that stuff. But it seems like one of those things from an outsider view that's like, this is a pretty obvious thing that may not be easy, but like you've got to take some action to, to make this a little bit better.
1: Yeah. And the good news is, is it's a recoverable road. Right. You, yeah. It doesn't have to be the 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 way that it is. You just don't have to let it be and say, well, it's just the way that it is. This is the way little Billy's going to be, and for the rest of his life he's going to be that. No, reclaim it. Right. Go out there yeah. and try to reclaim it. Well, I don't know what to do. Okay, hire a coach. Right. I don't know how to hire yeah. a coach. That's fine. Start walking. Anything. Right. Yes. One simple step in the house can change so much. Right. For us as a family, we're not going to drink soda, or for us as a family, we're going to cancel Netflix. Whatever the case may be, one small step can be the domino that starts that pile falling over. Right. And mm-hmm. dude, we, I'll just a little short plug there. We don't have cable or Netflix and I've never looked back. Right. I don't miss it. It's totally fine. And my kids yeah. are okay without it. We'll go rent movies from the library or whatever we got to do.
0: Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. I mean, it's just these one small step and there's no, there's no right. Like I started this by asking what was step one for you. And it doesn't really matter what was step one for you because it, you got to eventually get to all the steps. You just got to start where you are and figure it out. Like this is a, there's so much information out there now and you can, you can overwhelm yourself with like, where do I start with my fitness? Where do I start with my family life? Where do I start with my job? Just figure it out. Everything is figure outable. And if you just look hard enough, start with, the, oh, that seems like I can do that tomorrow. Okay, good. Start with that one. And then you'll kind of get the ball rolling and then you'll you know figure out what the next thing is and the next thing is. But if you try and do it all at once, it's not going to happen. Everything is figure outable. You just have to actually put in a, a little bit of effort and get it done.
1: And a little bit of balance.
0: And a little bit of balance. That's right. Nate. As we're coming to a close here, uh, this has been a fantastic conversation. I, I really appreciate this, man. It, it flew by. This is one like podcasts always fly by, but this one, like really just flew by for me. Um, where can people find you and and learn more about, uh, about yourself and all the stuff you're sharing and, and your challenge and your courses and everything?
1: Yeah. So most of them on Twitter, I answer all my DMS on Twitter. I'm on all the socials, but Twitter is where you'll probably get, uh, the majority of my attention. So at underscore Nate Norman on Twitter and, uh, find me there and SRX next challenge will be September 1st. We're looking to do a lot of tweeting about that and a lot of promotion about that in August. So be on the lookout for round two of SRX 90. I think it's really a benefit to men and you'll really enjoy it. I actually got some challenge coins. Now, if you complete the challenge, you get this challenge coin and uh, some t-shirts and stuff like that. So it's a really good program, man. Be on the lookout for that.
0: Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm excited to help, help, uh, help out and help with the awareness through the podcast and through Twitter. I got to get more on Twitter anyways, but, uh, at underscore Nate Norman. I will put that uh, link in the show notes and then look out for the SRX 90 challenge. Next challenge starting in September, which is probably going to be, we'll see what the timing of this podcast episode is going to be, but it'll probably be before that. Um, Nate, is there any last message that you want to leave the people with here in closing?
1: Yeah, I want to let you know that it's never too late. You are not too far gone. You have an opportunity. A new day awaits, and there's a fresh start that you can have today. All you have to do is just start begin. And the time is now. Let's go.
0: Beautiful. Thank you, Nate. Thank you so much for your time, for your, for your message, for, for everything that you do, uh, for, for men and for the world and for your family. Um, I appreciate you and, and so do many others, everybody, Nate or at underscore Nate Norman on Twitter. I'll put it in the show notes again at Daniel Yoris on Instagram and elsewhere as well. If you're not following me, um, share this episode with your friends, share this episode with your male friends. Uh, if if you're a female and, you know, take these and and pass it along to the people in your life who need to hear it, because that is the best way to help this message grow and help the community and therefore the world. That's that. I don't got anything else to say. (laughs) I was thinking about there's one more, one more thing. Rate, review the podcast, all that stuff. That's that. Go outside, be a good person. We'll see you soon.